Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty Divine Creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the Mother, and the Child. Amen. Mut Kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Queen Stands Up community. Happy, healthy Sunday to you. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, If you were here with us last week, you know that we talked about alkalizing and detoxifying. And we had our guest host, from Danielle Cooley, and she's from Fountain. Um, Fountain is a wellness center in Long Island that provides alkaline water along with other um, health techniques like detoxifying, um, a sauna, you know, and a sauna experience and something they call a vibrator. Like it's a vibe machine where it helps to dislodge toxins from your lymphatic system. Great, great, great place. Um, you can te- check out that show 
by visiting us at queenstandup.com. Today, beautiful people, we are here with the topic of taking the lead. The role of leadership is a lot of responsibility requiring us to spend a great deal of time on self-development. While we may inherit the role of our full acceptance, um, we may inherit the role, our full acceptance of the role is actually required before we actually embody the spirit of leadership, must fully accept the role by how we respond in the role. That's how we show that we've accepted the role by, you know, just rising up, you know, and putting on that hat and doing what needs to be done. Leadership requires making tough decisions and getting off the fence regarding where we stand on certain issues. I think that's one of the most important aspects of gaining trust from those that you're leading is, you know, having a definitive um, point of view, perspective, um, opinion about different things and not wavering from your values and your character. Our guest host, Maggie Georgopoulos, is an award-winning authority on mental health in the workplace. She's also the author of Up the Ladder in a Skirt. And Maggie really clearly knows how to take the lead. So we're really excited to have Maggie with us today. So thank you so much, Maggie, for joining us. And hey, all of you who are out there listening, if you'd like to join in the discussion, share about your leadership experience or stories, or if you would um, like to ask a question, dial in to 929-477-2476 and press one on your keypad to indicate to us that you'd like to join the discussion. Welcome, Maggie. Hi, it's nice to be on the show with you. I am so happy to have you on the show, Maggie. Um, Where are you calling from today? Um, I'm in Glasgow, Scotland, so it's afternoon over here. (laughs) It's actually what? It's afternoon over here, so it's a it's a lovely oh. afternoon. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Scotland. Wow. Yes. Amazing. It feels like so many worlds away for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little closer than my home country, but yeah, it's it's it is a fair way away from where you are in the, the United States. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's afternoon. Is it Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon? Yeah, it's okay. Sunday afternoon. Okay. All right. So you, you're well into your day. Awesome. Yep. Well, Maggie, um, well, you know, there's a couple of different things that I want to get into today. Um, your book is definitely one of them, but I, I want you to first tell us about your story and how you take the lead in relationship to in leadership in your life. Yeah. Um, I suppose I should kind of go back a little bit. So my leadership career kind of started in school by accident. You know how you okay. get involved in clubs and societies and you, you take on the, 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 the presidency or whatever, and it kind of just continued through my life. So at the age of 32, I became the executive chairman of the large agricultural company in Australia. And at the time, I was also serving on a number of different boards within the country. And it it just really clearly defined the fact that it's something 
that I didn't just do by accident, I started to do by design. Um, but it also, at that stage, a few years later, I took 12 months off to lead up a large not-for-profit. And at the end of it, I realized that I didn't want to go back to a corporate lifestyle. So what I actually did is I hopped on an airplane and started to travel around the world. And I started working with women around the globe in you know, their micro businesses and general businesses and just general mentoring in their careers to help them actually step into their true authentic self and be the best that they can be and also find their, their own personal success. Because what often happens in our life is we discover we're really good at something. Everyone tells us that that's what we should do. So we just do it, which is pretty much what happened to me up until about the age of 35. I was very good at what I did, so I did it. And I kept climbing the ladder, so I kept climbing. And that's what everyone said I should do. But I kind of realized that I wasn't necessarily happy with it. So I think it's something that we often forget when we're, we're looking at that leadership perspective in our lifetimes. <clears throat> that, you know, happiness is actually, our own personal happiness is actually important to us being good leaders. Because I found that as I was becoming less satisfied with what I was doing, my leadership ability was actually going down a little bit. I still did a good job, but I didn't do as well as I should and I wasn't treating people as well as I should. So it is, it kind of connects and obviously it connects to your mental health, which is something I'm very big on. So that's kind of me in a nutshell and how I ended up running my own business and, you know, still tend to run around all over the place working with volunteer organisations, um, leading things. But I work a lot with community leadership these days and particularly with young people and helping them to develop their leadership skills. Okay, okay. So <laughs> one of the things that I'm hearing from you is the, the importance of um, the self-development that mm -hmm. you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um for leadership because, you know, yes. and self-development and self-care because yeah. it sounds like, you know, you can really burn yourself out with, you know, taking on so many different responsibilities that aren't always directly related to you yeah. and your personal well-being. Yeah. Um, and it's often something that we overlook. Um, and and, and, and it comes on multiple levels because you've got your workplace stresses um, or the stress of running a business um, and they both have, have, have different, different types of stresses, but they still affect us in the same sort of way. We've got those, but you also have the stresses that end up um, and they often manifest themselves physically in us that come from us not actually being where we actually want to be. And quite often we don't realise that this is the case because quite often what happens is we're doing something. And as I said earlier, I did what I did because I happened to be good at it. You know, I, I was good at being a mechanical engineer. I was good at leading the departments and hence stepped up. I was, so every time I did something I did well, I got promoted quickly. And, you know, I thought that if you were good at something, that's what you did because that's part of, you know, kind of everybody around me kind of did the same thing. But what I began to realise as I got older and more experienced and, and learnt more was, you know, things like, you know, uh, migraines, um, the difficulty in managing um, my mental health, and and I'll explain a little in a little bit why that there's a, a little bit more. 
um, and just my relationships with other people. So I struggle to maintain um, relationships, um, you know, personal relationships for any period of time as well. All of that kind of interconnected with the fact that I wasn't actually happy and satisfied in my life and I wasn't listening to the signals mainly because I didn't know what they were. And as you develop and realise that, it actually makes a big difference. And I honestly believe that whilst we can lead and do an okay job at it, we can't be truly good leaders unless we look after ourselves because how can we purport to look after the teams that we work with if we can't look after ourselves properly? We're not leading. We're not giving a good example. So, you know, because I also, I I believe Mm -hmm. that we should do what we're good at. You know, I believe that do what, what, what is easy, what comes easy for us is actually um, an excellent place to um, focus our time and our attention um, in developing that. Would you say that it wasn't so much necessarily not doing that you that you weren't happy with what you're doing, maybe this the way that it was being done and that it was kind of taking over your life, like not that maybe there needed to be some balance in your process? Yeah, yeah I, I would agree that there needed to be balance in my process. Um, but that also comes down to, um, as we mentioned, I work a lot around mental health. And part of the reason I do that is because I'm bipolar. I was first diagnosed at 17. Um, part okay. of the, the bipolar disorder is that um, I have a tendency, particularly if I'm sitting in a manic high, to actually um, be able to do a lot and want to do a lot because it keeps my mind busy and it keeps me active and it keeps me flowing and it stops me from potentially um, shifting the into a depressive pattern. So it's part of how I manage it. And it's managing, I still need to manage how much energy I put into that because obviously if I burn myself out, then I'm going to sink into a depressive episode and not be able to control it as well. So that impacts part of the reason why I tend to take on a lot. But having said that, um, and I totally agree, we, we need to do what we're good at because if we're good at something, we're more likely to, one, be really interested in it and, two, really enjoy the process. But we also need to realise that as human beings, we are often good at a number of things and we shouldn't just do something because that's the pathway people said that we should take. So if we look at my early life, for example, the message that I was being sent by my parents and anyone who's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad probably would have understood this as the Poor Dad message, um, was, you know, uh, get a good education, get a good job, then you're set for life, right? That was the message that I had from my parents. So the whole process was all about making sure that I had a good, secure, high-paying job because that was set me up for life. And... I took that good, secure, high-paying job in, you know, an area that I was excelling at and I didn't stop to consider other options because other options hadn't been given to me. And I think mm. now we have a little bit more open to us because, you know, you know, with um, social media and the internet and the way things move today, there is so much in front of you. But once again, that gives you the opposite problem. There's so much choice. It's kind of like you almost end up standing in the middle of the choice, you know, the, your, your group of choice going, oh, my God, where do I go next type thing. 
So it's just a matter of being able to tune into yourself because I'm still using the same skills that I used in my corporate life, but I'm using them to help the wider community, which you can do from a corporate position. But for me personally, it really needed to be hands-on and that was the ingredient I was missing. And I didn't connect to that until I stepped out and got involved in the not-for-profit organisation and I realised this is what I really enjoy. So still using the same skill set, but ended up in a completely different area. Ah, I see. I see. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you were able to find (laughs) your niche and your balance in in the whole process of leadership. Um, One of the things that came to mind when you were talking was the fact that um, we're never going to get it all done. And as a leader, that that's an important part for us to understand because there's so much to be done. And so, yeah, it's easy to just throw yourself in there and busy yourself and try to handle and manage everything. But if you want to keep going, you know, longevity um, is, is, more, is one of the most important things in leadership and being able to maintain, you know, your um, function and and your role in leadership. So having a specific routine or um, way structure and how you lead is an important aspect of being able to maintain and take the lead. So can you talk to us a little bit about developing an effective structure as a leader to help Um, you run the marathon that it is? (laughs) I think it's very important to understand yourself first Um, because what quite often happens, and I suppose it's because, you know, when we step into the early pathways of our career, our brains aren't always fully developed yet because, you know, our brains become, you know, reach their, um, like, full not not their full potential, but their, their their full ability to actually process things at around about the age of 25. And yet many of us are already starting on our career paths before we get there. So we're starting with, with blind spots to our own personalities, not just people around us. And I think that to be able to effectively manage and look after ourselves, we need to understand how we operate. You know, for example, Um, You often hear conversations about introverts, extroverts, and, you know, so understanding where you get your energy from is really important because if you're a person who needs, it gets their energy internally and often finds that it can be draining to be constantly surrounded by people, putting yourself into a leadership role, which requires you to constantly be in front of people, be the face of people, be talking to people and not really having the ability to take that time out can potentially burn you out a lot quicker if you manage and find the right sort of leadership role to suit that personality um, concept. And the same goes with understanding how you communicate, understanding how you connect with other people, because by understanding that, you can understand whether or not it is um, the leadership role you picked up specifically or whether it's the area that you're working in that's actually causing the problem, not necessarily leading others. So it's managing to get that balance. And being able to do that, then you can look at your life and and start to balance out. Because obviously, if we're in a corporate environment, there are some measures that we don't have total control over because a business 
um, needs to run in a certain way and quite often we need to be there certain hours or whatnot, but there are ways to actually manage that so you can still effectively do your job, manage the people that you're with and lead in an effective way so that others realise that the message that you're not, you know, the message that you're sending is look after yourself to be more productive productive rather than you know burn yourself out and we don't care whether or not you're in a good state but we want your productivity and, you know they kind of go against each other so okay. it's a okay. matter of understanding you understanding how you fit into your environment and then understanding how you show up and what examples you're giving to other people if you really want to be effective oh I love that mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. So know know yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah, take spend some time knowing yourself, developing yourself. Um, mm-hmm. that's a key point for for leadership. Um, yeah. do you feel like well, you feel like I guess you were actually born to lead. Um <laughs> is that the case for everybody or do or do some leaders develop into leaders out of necessity? Yeah. I, I don't yeah, I, I I wouldn't say that I was necessarily born to lead, but I did fall into leading. Um, and okay. part of that, I think, is my personality. I have this drive to make things happen. And quite often okay. that means that I step into a leadership role because I feel that I, I'm, I very much subscribe to the philosophy that if you want to make change, then you become involved. So, you know, I can stand on the sidelines and and bitch and moan and complain about um, what's going on or I can actually get actively involved and and actually become part of you know the change that could actually come about and quite often if you're doing that you'll find yourself inadvertently either in an official leadership role or leading um, in an unofficial capacity and having said that To me, that's got nothing to do with being born with it. It is something that you can actually create within yourself. It depends on what your own personal passions are. Because every one of us, if we connect to something that we're passionate about, we'll actually Mm -hmm. naturally step into something that'll potentially see us leading. Having said that, not every one of us is the sort of person that wants to actually stand up and have people follow us. Um, a very good example is my partner is one of those people that he would probably make a brilliant leader, but he's quite happy working behind the scenes. So he okay. chooses not to step into an official leadership role because that okay. makes him more comfortable. But that doesn't mean to say that inherently he doesn't have the qualities that are required. And I think that's something that we mix up because we, we get so focused on this idea of natural leadership. And what we really should be more focused on is just the idea of, is the person I'm looking to follow the right person to follow? Okay. What makes a person, in your opinion, the right person to follow? Well, if I was looking to be led by someone, I'm looking for somebody who is going to listen. And I know that sounds obvious, but, you know, some of us pretend to listen and some of us well, you know, have to take more effort to listen and I'll happily put my hand up and say that I can get distracted. So I need to really focus. I need someone who's willing to listen. And I mean, listen to themselves, you know, what's happening within themselves and listen to those around them to make sure that they're on the right journey. Somebody who is willing to have the participation of others. I want somebody who 
it doesn't inherently believe that they know everything, but inherently believes that they can lead a team that is going to create what will happen and understands that in order to make things happen, you need a group of people that can't be done on its own. And if you look at, you know, some of the people that stand out as, as people that, that people are connected to as leaders, because so if you look at it from this perspective, so, you know, um, you know, ignoring your current White House situation, but looking at um, the Obamas, you know, um, you know, Barack Obama was the president. He was in a position that is considered to be a leadership role for the nation, et cetera, and people actually considered him to be a leader in that role because of the things he did. But his wife, Michelle, was also seen to be a leader. And it wasn't because she necessarily stepped into a role that gave that. It's because she had qualities that made people want to follow her. She has the qualities that make people want to listen to what she has to say and want to learn things from her. So that's what you're looking for in someone to follow. And just to use a high-profile example. Okay. So... I think you answered our question in terms of whether or not we are born to lead or we can, mm-hmm. we can develop to lead. We, we, yeah. It's both. We can be born yeah. to lead, meaning like, you know, I mean, I know you don't feel you were born to lead, but if you have certain qualities and characteristics of a leader, then you may not be born to lead, but you're born with the abilities to yeah. lead if that's what you choose to do. Unfortunately for you, um, in your opinion, um, you didn't really have a choice, you felt. Um, but then it's also important to understand what you also said is that you can also develop the characteristics of a leader. So if someone, it, you know, feels like they were thrown into a situation or they need to become a leader out of necessity, they can develop the characteristics. Um, yeah. that you mentioned, someone who can be, yeah. you know, is dependable, um, someone who will be an active listener, um, I guess, you know, someone yeah. who, yeah, will go the distance, you know, who has um, learned the art of consistency, being patient with the process, understanding the importance of having a strong team. Um, yeah. These are many of the things that you need to take the lead. And, and I think that's really awesome. Um, I want us to take a little break and listen to Miss Sandra's moment of power. And then we're going to come back and talk with Maggie some more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Y'all know what time it is. Get ready for Miss Sandra's moment of power. Mama's on. She's dropping them jewels. Mama's on, better listen up than you'll grow. Good morning, queens and kings. Taking the lead. We are all born leaders, but it is how we choose to lead. It takes us at least 18 years from birth to grow into the person we were created to be. Then another few years to realize that we are responsible for our own happiness. Taking the lead is just that, fearless and grateful for your brokenness and your awakening that you too can shake it off and walk in victory. Let things go that is no use to you. Make the decision to be committed to lead. 
Let go of the fear that might be holding you back from leading. Get rid of the crutches that you are leaning on. You can do it. If you fail at it, remember, it is first attempt in learning, and you can start with a fresh canvas. Also, being mindful that taking the lead means that you should also know how to be a gracious follower. I saw a quote the other day with no name. Butterflies cannot see their wings, but the rest of the world can. Being a leader takes courage, discipline, and determination. Being the lead also comes with being overwhelmed and judged. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. Be blessed. Until the next time, happy Sunday to all. Thank you so much, Ms. Sandra, for that. That was a great message. Um, I loved uh, one of the most important things that I love about what you said is um, being grateful for your brokenness. Um, one of the things that we have, um, that I've learned and that we talk about a lot in our program, Creating the Habit of Wellness, is understanding that every part of your story is uh, one level of your journey and that it's all very important and vital information that we're gathering along the way and that it's really important that we understand this on a deeper level, that it's training for our and who we are. We're always here with a purpose. All of us are here with a purpose and a big part of this experience is discovering that purpose and then applying the lessons that we learn along the way to be who we are. You know, um, sometimes, you know, as beings, we can often judge our experiences as good and bad. And that kind of can shift us away from the focus of where we're really headed you know, and our divine design of why, why we are here. But if we can step back and say, okay, I went through this, I experienced this as a part of a lesson, and how can I apply it to now? What did I learn from it? When we get into that mindset and that way of thinking, it's a healthier way of being. And it can really help us to be more productive and compassionate for ourselves on the journey. This is all about learning. You know, so um, I also wanted to point out what you talked about, Ms. Sandra, about being overwhelmed and judged. I think one of the most, like, detrimental or, like, um, disheartening things about being a leader is that sometimes, you know, those that you are, are leading, they tell you what their goals are. We have, you know, an idea or they tell you what their grievances are about life and about their current experiences. And then you, you know, take in what they share with you and you develop solution, solutionary steps that can be taken, right? You're like, oh, this is not, a, this is not just a problem. This is, there's also a solution here. But the biggest challenge is sometimes getting people to believe in themselves past the moment of just venting and expressing, you know, their frustrations about things. And then, helping them to go the distance with it all. So, 
you know, the very people that are asking you to lead can kind of give up on you on the way, and they can also resist your, your desire to take them to the next level, and that can be a really hard part. It can feel overwhelming. It can feel like, well, what the heck? Why did I even begin this? You know, what, what made me want to take this on when the very people who I've been charged to lead, they're not hearing me. They don't want to be led. And, you know, um, Maggie, you mentioned um, Barack Obama. When I was reading um, Michelle's book, um, Becoming, that was one of the things that really stood out for me is how she talked about how Barack basically had to convince the people that there could be better, you know, that more was possible, that change is something that people can experience. So not only did he had to lead the people, he had to keep them inspired and motivated to go the distance. And he had to convince them to believe in him, in him and his ability to do it. Yeah. And I think that that's like, as a leader, that's like probably one of the biggest um, challenges that many leaders face is like, you know, trying to, to keep people empowered and inspired along the way and to keep going when people are not going with you anymore. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to know your why, you know, and I think that's probably Maggie, what happened for with you is like, all right, first you were doing this because this is what you were told that you had to do. And then at some point you're like, wait a minute, why am yeah. I doing this again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you don't have your own why as to, you know, why this is important to you, you can quickly lose faith on the journey. You can just say, you know what, yes. screw this. They don't even want to go all the way. Why do I have to do this? Yeah. So you have to have your why. Yeah. And and that focus helps you when you've got those days where your team just feels like it. Well, it feels like your team doesn't want to go where you want to go or your team's lacking motivation or whatever it is, or you're hitting a rough spot in what you're doing. So it's actually a struggle to get to the next step. And you need to be able to attach to that why. And that, as I said, that was one of the things I suddenly woke up to. It's like, what am I doing here? You know, I'm not even enjoying myself. And, you know, so when you realize that, that life's starting to pass you by because you're actually so involved in just trying to keep your head above water, that's kind of not in a, in a place where you're really passionate about. Or it could be, but if you're attached to the why, you can figure out how to get your head above water and find a flotation device and even a rowboat and maybe a speedboat to get yourself to where you need to go. So it's like having that makes a, a lot of a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. So what do you do as a leader, you know, when, for you, like, how do you, if you lose motivation, you know, well, one thing for sure is, right, you revisit your why, you connect with that. Yeah. And then what else can you do to keep yourself inspired on the journey as a leader? I, I find that sometimes what you actually need to do is check out. Um, because sometimes we can get so involved in whatever it is we're leading or whatever it is we're working on that we can forget that, you know what, it's okay to have an evening to ourselves where we curl up with a good book that has absolutely nothing to do with our work life 
or you know if if you're not a book person like I am and there's a particular television show you like to, to watch that yeah it's okay to take an evening and veg out to a couple of episodes of that of you know just whatever it is just so you can check out because quite often what actually happens is we don't even realize that we've actually got ourselves into a bit of overwhelm and so it's not just the checking in with the why because sometimes you can check in with the why and you're still going I don't get why I'm doing this because it's more pain than pleasure type thing but right like I don't care I don't care I don't care I'm just (laughs) I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't have a life anymore. You know, you, you can't you can get to those sort of situations. But and and it's it's not just taking the time out, it's giving ourselves permission because I, I find women tend to, to be worse at this than men are, but there are men out there that do it too, where we feel guilty because we take time to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. we sit there and go, oh, you know, oh no, I, I spent a whole Sunday just reading, you know, a book. Like, and I could actually quite easily do that. I'll pick up something like Michelle Obama's book and just stick my nose in it for, for the day. Um, and then at the end of it, I, I'll feel guilty about it. And it's like, hang on a sec, I'm allowed a day off. Why am I feeling guilty about it? But it's the, all these layers of, you know, where you feel like you potentially let someone down because you haven't spent time that you could have spent on something else. But you need to stop and realize that, one, it's okay to be selfish occasionally because that's looking after yourself. Um, that it's okay Absolutely. to take time. Yeah, take time to I relax. I love that. Yeah. Put a pin in it. Put it on the shelf yeah. for a minute. Put that leadership yeah. on the shelf yeah. for a minute. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you know what? I, I don't I use I get what you're saying I used to feel like that too guilty about whatever have you and but now you know we understand that um, we're gonna lead better once you can step away you know once you do it a couple times and then you realize that when you come back to it you have um you're 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 more empowered you're more you have a, a zest about you again you you re yeah. um right you refocus or you refresh you feel more yeah. refreshed you know, back in the role. And so it's the burnout point that you're trying to avoid. And once you find a balance, and that's where it goes back into, you know, creating that structure and having that routine and setting parameters in which you follow to a T as best as you can, so that you keep the flow going and you don't reach the burnout point because sometimes it is difficult to come back from the burnout point. It can take, you know, as little as, you know, a day, or it can take as long as three or four years to come back from being burnt out. So you have to, you know, I think it's imperative that you find your flow and your balance. I think that's so crucial, what you just said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your book. Um, I love oh, the title, <laughs> Up the Ladder in a Skirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of helps that I happen to be the, the sort of um, person that actually prefers to wear dresses and skirts over um, jeans and, and slacks or trousers, depending okay. on what country you're in or what you call them. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, to me, it's also kind of this whole concept that, you know, when we're in corporate, we often talk about climbing a leadership ladder. So that was... Yeah, hence the the title up the ladder in a skirt because it was it was looking at the the concept of 
leading, particularly in male-dominated fields, um, because what often happens to us as women in those fields is we get a little lost. Um, and part of the reason we get a little lost is there are so many voices coming from so many different directions trying to tell us what we are or aren't doing. So, you know, that whole, oh, you're, you're being more masculine, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, actually, I'm not being masculine. I'm actually just being Maggie. Just happens to be that some of the traits that you assign as being masculine traits happen to be traits that I have. Um, and I'm a female. And, it, and it's, you know, so the, the whole scope of the book is getting people to uh, look into who they actually are understanding how they you know how they interact with others so they can understand how they work better with teams looking at as you as a leader as a coach as a mentor as someone who trains others as well because all of those things are aspects of your leadership journey um also looks into looking after your mental health which for me is a very big one and as i said it's something that i i tend to talk about a lot because I try to get people to understand that just because someone has a mental health condition doesn't mean that they're less capable. Actually, quite often it might mean that they're actually more capable depending on what job they're in and what the focus is and how that matches with the mental health condition that they have. Um, so, but also I look at it from the perspective of, you know, mental health, you need to look after the mental health of your team because um, poor mental health can often lead to poor physical health. It also leads to reduction in productivity, disconnectedness, all those sort of things. Whereas good mental health is what you want to strive for with your team. And, you know, just so people understand, I can be bipolar and have good mental health. You know, just because I have the condition doesn't mean that I automatically have poor mental health. Um, so it's understanding that from the perspective of your own mental health and the mental health of your team. Also understanding it from the perspective of looking after yourself. Um, there is a chapter on making sure that you are climbing your own ladder, not somebody else's. So basically, mm. um, at the heart of it, the book just talks about the steps that you need to take and consider in order to develop yourself as a better leader. Um, mm -hmm. And also to discuss imposter syndrome, mainly because it comes up a lot and a lot of people to tend to come what syndrome? It. Imposter syndrome. Um, you know, if you go back to coming, Michelle Obama talked about it. Um, so is Oprah Winfrey and Cheryl Sandenberg and a lot of people out there at some times have discussed, you know, imposter syndrome, that feeling of... Imposter syndrome, okay. Syndrome. Yeah, that feeling of they're going to find out that I'm not really good at this, you know, oh, kind of thing. Okay, yeah. okay, um, okay. So, which I feel quite like... I feel like study and practice helps me overcome that yeah. and gain confidence yeah. in that because yeah. you can feel that way. Like, but if you know your stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? And you go in yeah. there, you know, knowing that you've taken the time to know your stuff, you know, I feel like that, that imposter syndrome yeah. diminishes. It doesn't have an, a leg to stand on. It, it doesn't know. necessarily ever have a leg to stand on, um, and that's the thing about it. Imposter syndrome is not about the fact that you are that you aren't actually capable, or you can't actually do it, or you don't actually have the qualifications. Actually, some of the people that are worst affected by it actually have so many qualifications you couldn't pick a hole in, you know, what they do and so much experience and so much backing them up. But for some reason, there's some disconnect in them that tells them that they haven't quite got everything that they need. Therefore, they're going to get caught out and people are going to realise they can't really do what they're doing. 
Um, okay, they, so the subconscious mind was programmed yeah, it's sub, to yeah, it's negative thoughts. subconscious programming, okay. and it's about mm-hmm. trying to, to work with that, as opposed to feeling, you know, you being in over your head and trying to cover up that you're in over your head. That's a totally different thing. Um, okay. So I suppose at the heart of it, it is all, you know, it's about the steps, you know, knowing yourself, understanding how you interact with others, understand how you lead others, understand how you coach or mentor others and understand how you train others because we all have different ways of doing that and if we can connect to those things then we know how to work with our teams better and also we'll understand why one thing that works for us may not work for another member of our team and things like that so the book goes into all those sort of things (laughs) awesome you know I found that what also helped me um with the whole the quote-unquote imposter syndrome is being mindful of who I keep around me mm-hmm. you know there are some people who um dare like you have to be mindful that if people around you have negative self-talk within themselves they're going to pro- they can project that onto you as yep. well and sometimes it's so subtle what they do it's very jokey jokey you know like <laughs> you know just yeah. playing um but you have to be you you have to be conscious of because after a while a joke is not a joke anymore if you keep it up no. and you know you, you you keep doing it it's not a joke it's not funny it's something that you're trying to say and you're trying yeah. to bring humor in in it so that you do it in a passive way and I yeah. think as leaders as a leader you have to protect your mental well being and you talked about that you know like looking after your mental health. You know, we say mental health, mental health, you know, as if it's like, you know, this, this, I don't know, this taboo thing, this, this, this yeah. ease or whatever. And yeah, it is a disease, I guess you could say, of the mind when it, it, it's not understood. But I feel like mental health is just understanding the way your brain works. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Understanding the way your brain works and then responding according to that. Yes. You know? Just get, as you mentioned in the very beginning, getting to know yourself. And, you know, that's like such an important aspect. Like we, 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 we are getting to understand that we're all individual people and we have unique, while we're, we're one body, you know, of a universe, we have unique characteristics and experiences that we've encountered that cause us to be who we are. And one of the very first things that you mentioned that I think is so important in leadership is that you define yourself. You have to know who you are and not allow people to tell you who you are because they don't know. They don't know who you are because, quite frankly, a lot of times they don't know who they are. They are (laughs) responding to who they've been told to be or not to be. Or, you know, depending on what they're tuned into on a day-to-day basis, they may not even realize how programmed they are by mass consciousness. So you have to be careful and understand that everybody doesn't spend time with themselves getting to know themselves, you know. So do not allow people to project onto you who you are. That was a big one for me. And Michelle Obama talks about that a lot in her text, you know, because you can really become – who someone else says you are and miss your whole um, purpose by doing that, yeah. you know? And, so, and it's one of, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the ahead. things that's, 
Yeah, sorry. It's one of the things that's constantly talked about in relation to women, because as I, as I mentioned, we have this habit of assigning gender to traits. And mm-hmm, personality mm-hmm. traits do not have a gender. Right? So Mm-mm. just because someone Mm-mm. is strong doesn't mean they're male. Just because someone is strong-minded or has a strong opinion doesn't mean that's a male characteristic. That is a characteristic. Um, and I think quite often what happens is when people are putting their opinions onto us, what they're doing is they're putting their opinion of how we're supposed to behave as a particular gender, race, um, someone of a particular religion, is, whatever it is. And yeah. it is absolutely yeah. the most infuriating and annoying thing out there. <laughs> um, I agree. You, yeah. that's, that's, that's one of the things you have to really own up to. You have to take your yeah. identity. You have to decide that's who you're going to be, practice it into being, whatever it is that you have to do, because a lot of times the resistance and the depression that, we are exper- yeah. that people experience is as a result of you taking on someone else's identity of who you are. So you're denying yeah. yourself of your who you your the fullness of yourself you're not living authentically and that is a very suppressive um behavior uh, or habit to have yes you gotta give yourself permission to be great you know um yeah. i i talk about that so much because it's something that's like it's it was a game changer for me and i'm still really um working through some of that myself you know practicing my greatness into being um, but there are people out there who are looking for leadership. Like we're, 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 um, um, there's a lack of leadership in our community right now because people are playing small because people have been, you know, told that maybe it's not your role to be this or whatever, but our age has nothing to do with our ability to lead, um, you know, our ethnicity, um, you know, our sexual, um, orientation has nothing to do with our ability to lead. We have a purpose that we're all born here to fulfill. And that comes from the universe. That comes from the divine. However you want to talk about that life force that gives us life. It comes from there. And that's the only source that you have to ask for permission in your role. And I I think that that's just so crucial in, in regard to taking the lead. There are some leaders out there um, who have been suppressing their leadership, and you don't have to do it all in one one setting. Um, yeah. But day by day, I think that you should. I love uh, the fact that you, you know, how your text is broken down, and you know that you took the time to help people to understand the different um, aspects of leadership and how it shows up, you know, uh, in our lives. Yeah. Will you be, um, are there, like, do you give workshops on leadership, Maggie, and what, it's, what um, it involves? Yeah, so I do run, um, Up the Ladder in a Skirt is actually a leadership program. Um, okay. Um, I'm actually about to, to run out a, a, a new online program of it. Um, so that's going to come up in the next couple of weeks. So if someone is interested in getting involved in that, you just keep an eye out or maybe contact me and then I can put you in touch with it. Um, and I also do do it. I've always done it as a live program. So shifting it to online is a new thing for me. And I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. How many weeks is it, you said? 
Um, so online, it will be a 10-week online course. Um, but okay. But when I say 10 weeks, that's in there's it, that's the time roughly that it'll take, but it's it's it'll be self-progressive with um, um, mentoring calls, so that'll fit together. So you can actually take, do it in ten weeks in one go, or you can spread it out and do it out over the year, depending on what works better for you as an individual. Awesome. And what are some of the topics that you're going to be covering? Like, um, so obviously, I'm going to cover the the, the knowing and understand yourself. Um, <laughs> because that's very yes. important. So I always look into um, people's personalities and understanding your personality and why you interact with people in a certain way. Um, I will be looking at um, how you how you lead as in, you know, what your um, preferences are in, in leadership and the way you do that because leaders are different in the way they do things. Um, how you coach and mentor others um, and how you train others for their key things. We'll also be looking at, you know, lifestyle and mindset as part of it. So looking after our mental and physical health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow, it sounds yep. like an amazing course. Thank you. And so <laughs> where, where can our community go to connect with that course and find, you know, just stay connected with you in general? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so if they go to... Um, so I'm easy to find because my company's Mags Inspires, M-A-G-S-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S, Mags Inspires. My website's magsinspires.com. Um, there are contact forms on that. Or if you just put a Maggie at in front of the magsinspires.com, you can actually email me directly. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. And as we're coming to the end of our show today, Maggie, what are some um, little you know, key points that you'd like to leave us with today? I, I think um, at the root of it, if you want, if you're really concerned about being a good leader and developing yourself as a good leader, you need to consider these things. Know yourself and understand how you operate and what your triggers are. Know why you are interested in, you know, leading in that particular area, field, um, business, whatever it happens to be. And always remember to actually take time to look after yourself and be a little selfish occasionally. And I think if you have a grasp on those things, then you are well on the path of actually being that leader that you want to be. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Maggie. We really enjoy connecting with you today. And you helped us to see another side of leadership, um, understanding that it's okay, you know, if you don't always feel (laughs) like you're on cloud nine with being a leader because it's not really what it's all about. You're not going to always feel that way. Um, And then being okay with stepping back. You've also helped us us to understand that mental, having mental health challenges uh, is not something that will stop you from being a leader. uh, And actually that it can help you to even stand more confidently in your leadership because it brings you back to exploring yourself and, and spending more time with your self-care, you know. So thank you so much for helping us to understand the, the importance of self-care um, in leadership and um, that there are no limits, only the ones that you place upon yourself. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been absolutely an amazing time being able to connect with you and your listeners. 
Yes, we enjoyed it immensely. Um, we also want you to, you know, listeners out there, we'd love for you to add to our shows going forward. Um, if you have some questions that you'd like to us to address during the show, you can feel free to email us at queensstandupworldwide at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to, for us to bring in some specific topics, that we haven't covered already, um, we'd like to hear from you in relationship to the topics you'd like to have addressed. So again, you can email us at queensstandupworldwide at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to build a show around the topic uh, that you'd like to bring to the forefront. We want to thank you so much, everyone out there, for taking the time to connect with us, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Until next time. Be well. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, January 20th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss the importance of investing in you. Our guest hosts will be Dr. Chris Lassiter and Dr. H. Sam Coy. To learn more about our hosts, please join their website at www.coolconsultinggroup.com. That's spelled C-O-U-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G group.com. Until next time, and always beautiful people, be blessed and queens, stand up.